All the hurricane activity in the Atlantic has caused the waves to start to roll in here on Florida's East Coast. And over the weekend, we had some friends roll in as well in search of a swell time as they paddled out into what was very clean overhead sets. My wife and I sat on the shore sipping spritzers while our little girl played in the sand. I too got into that game and gosh, we wallowed around in the low tide for quite some time until I had to get up and go, kiss my wife and friends goodbye, and head off to work. Yeah, there was some real estate to do over the weekend. Had to open some doors. That's what they say about a career in real estate. It can really help you open doors. But with bad jokes aside, I changed in the car, and after my showing, the customer left, and I figured it'd be a good time to use the bathroom. No one would notice, I thought, as I pulled down my underpants and watched every shell ever hit the bathroom floor. That's the last you'll hear out of me in the bathroom today, though, as we talk about anniversaries, private clubs, and Colorado while we get Rocky Mountain high enough to start joshing around. It was quite by accident that I recently caught a sporting event that featured the first-ever surf competition on man-made waves. This was at Kelly Slater's Surf Ranch in Southern California, and all of the competitors had to surf one wave that went right and then another wave that went left. The waves themselves were nearly identical as they were made by man in a wave pool, said one of the top competitors at the competition, Brazilian surfer Gabriel Medina. The difference between the artificial wave and the ocean is here you have to plan your set, he said. In the ocean, you just let it happen. One of the old surf announcers had to say about the place, it's a lot of pressure. And then he repeated himself twice for good measure. Life is just a big puzzle that we're all trying to piece together. But maybe Brazilian surfer Gabriel Medina gives just a bit of a hint on how to succeed when he suggests that we plan our work and then work our plan. This is what professional football players do every Sunday in the fall when they run onto the field with hopes of scoring more points than the other team in order to win the game. Unbeknownst to me, there's a website that tracks every unique score ever recorded in NFL football because, of course there is, called Scoragami, apparently there's been 1,040 unique scores in NFL history, and one of those scores happened yesterday as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the New Orleans Saints 48-40. It surprises me to know there's only been slightly over 1,000 unique scoring combinations in a little more than 100 years of NFL history, but whatever the number, it wouldn't matter. It's only further proof that sports is nothing more than a random number generator. Once we get robots to perform athletics, like on the Jetsons, that's when we'll have truly met our match. Unless, of course, artificial intelligence gets wise and creates labor unions of their own, then we're bound to live in a world of lazy machines and entitled robots kneeling during the anthem in order to lower their wattage by increasing their ohms. Living through the upcoming robot rebellion will be a whole lot different than simply reading about it in the history books but that can be true about all of history, which I failed to realize with the JFK assassination or the moon landing. In fact, it wasn't until I lived through an event that shook America at its core that I truly understood how deep those scars could be. In fact, to this day, I have trouble buying milk with an expiration date of 9-11, and I'm sure those folks who have September 11th as a birthday hate terror most of all. 17 years later seems like a benign enough anniversary to tell the expendable tale on where I was September 11th, 2001. I sat in a class of copywriting at the College of Journalism and Communications at the University of Florida when all of a sudden our professor came in tearful and let us know that a plane had just hit the World Trade Center. 
as I said, I wasn't in New York City, but instead Gainesville, Florida. But I had the next best seat in the house as I watched the events unfold upon the second tower on one of the world's first high-definition televisions. Using technology designed to improve visibility in the cockpits of high-tech fighter planes, the high-definition televisions had just been installed at the telecommunications wing of the College of Journalism and Communications, and that's where we students stumbled in front of to watch the events unfold. Now, I'm not sure if you remember what it was like to watch a standard-definition television in a 4 by 3 ratio, but it was quite blurry. You got the gist of what was being offered, but there was no vibrant visual display. All we had seen on these HDTVs heretofore was some came-with-a-frame-type videos of lighthouses and flowers, but now, all of a sudden, there was gripping news that we watched with jaws agape. The National Park Service has created a national memorial to honor the heroes of Flight 93. These are the 40 crew members and passengers of a flight that was hijacked by terrorists on 9-11 and was thought to be heading towards the U.S. Capitol. That was before the heroes aboard bum-rushed the terrorists and caused the plane to crash somewhere outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. That's the site of the 2,200-acre National Memorial, where in the middle rises a tower of voices. To hear the National Park Service say, The Tower of Voices is conceived as a monumental 93-feet-tall musical instrument holding 40 wind chimes, representing the 40 passengers and crew members. The intent is to create a set of 40 tones that can connote through consonants the serenity and nobility of the site, while also through dissonance, recalling the event that consecrated these lands. If there's any silver lining to all this, it's that the 20th anniversary of 9-11 will also be the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, so at least we'll have somewhere to go to take our minds off of everything. Long rumored to exist at Disneyland and fabled in Tokyo and Shanghai, Club 33 is Disney's exclusive club that's said to be coming to all four theme parks at Walt Disney World in Florida. Club 33 has an exclusive initiation fee of $25,000 and yearly dues of fifteen grand. What do you get for all that? Well, it's said you get access to a private restaurant and primo fireworks viewing locations, among others. But if you're hoping to score some favors with Mickey's spouse, you better keep looking. You could always try the Playboy Club of New York City, which is being reopened after closing more than 30 years ago. The Playboy Club, run by the magazine of the same name, was first opened in 1960 in Chicago before branching out to other cities around the country and the globe. The last club closed in 1986 due to lack of interest when Hugh Hefner himself said, you know, if anything, I think we're a little overdue here, which is why it's surprising now at the height of the Me Too era that a new Playboy Club would open up, but they've already collected $2.2 million worth of membership fees. Keep in mind, though, that memberships are $250,000 a piece, so really that's just nine creepy dudes sitting around wondering who got a discount. You'll have to excuse some of the subject matter here. The writer's room for this show consists of a chatty transgendered granny, a badass business bitch, and children between the ages of 12 and 4. Recently, the interrupting cow has been dominating the room, but that's allowed us to come up with a new knock-knock style joke, which goes as follows. Knock-knock. Who's there? Moo. Moo-hoo! Don't cry, little cow! We've got a new segment of the show involving things said to the children in my house we're calling verbal birth control. Here's the initial installment of that segment. Do you need a tissue? No? Because I just saw you pick your nose, and there's even a booger on your finger right now. Here, let me get you a... Oh my gosh! 
She just put it in her mouth. I was at the doctor the other day, and he said, tell me about your family history. And I said, well, Grandpa would spank me with a fly swatter, but Grandma made peanut butter sandwiches with fluffernutter. You know, the marshmallows in a jar, which I don't really care for, but when Grandma did it, it seemed all right. And my uncle's wife, her and my dad are about the same size, and one time they got into a fight, and in hindsight, I bet it was about Dad wearing her... No, no, the doctor said, I mean your family's medical history. My mom's mom lived seemingly a world away in Denver, Colorado, so we didn't see her much. But anytime we spoke on the phone, she always talked about her heart problems. Gotta get in there with a roto-rooter, she would say before an operation, or tomorrow they're getting me up at the crap of dawn to tinker with my ticker. As you could imagine from a woman who so nonchalantly spoke of heart surgery, her late husband owned a steakhouse in Nebraska. One of her sons sold steaks around Chicago, he has heart trouble too. Another of the grandkids married a man who owns numerous McDonald's franchises. She lives in wine country and participates in triathlons. Way to break the cycle, cuz. We flew to visit grandma in the early 80s, back when my youngest uncle was still living at home. Just like people in Florida are into surfing, as you might imagine, my uncle in Colorado was really into skiing, as you could tell by the ski posters on the wall, and the fact that he was really into vests and that gum juicy fruit. This was well before the Denver International Airport became a hotbed for conspiracy theories linking the airport to a headquarters for the New World Order. But when it comes to those so-called conspiracy theories, let me tell you that I instead see them as well-founded hypotheses. Have you taken notice that the airport's runways are shaped like swastikas? Sure, that might just be an efficient use of space for airport runways, but what of all the Masonic imagery throughout? Just Freemasons, a well-founded club throughout America that also lines themselves with laying bricks? Sure. But let's not even speak of the ominous paintings throughout the airport that I've never seen firsthand. Instead, I'll tell you what concerns me now is the airport is doing some new construction and they're leaning into all the conspiracies. They've put up posters throughout the airport that say things like, what's happening behind this wall? Gargoyle breeding ground? A top secret Freemason meeting? or an improved airport experience. And that's where I draw the line, because trying to nominalize all these conspiracies, that's just like somebody trying to tell you how honest they are. Only a liar should have to tell you that he's honest, which is why I get so nervous when someone says they're telling the truth. This is like when I'm telemarketing, and I call someone using clear, crisp diction, and they ask, are you a robot? That's when I tell them, no, I'm a living, breathing human being, but... Honestly, that should only make them doubt me more. I received an actual robocall the other day that went to voicemail, which is great because my phone transcribed the message for me and now I can read it to you because this may be the get-rich-quick scheme we've been looking for. The message goes, here's how to start using an automated business system that will put $10,000 or more in your pocket in the next 10 to 14 days and $10,000 or more every 10 to 14 days after that. This message will absolutely blow your mind. So press 1 right now if you want to find out exactly how to put $10,000 or more in your pocket every 10 to 14 days. I guarantee you've never seen anything like this up until now. So press 1 right now to get all of the details. Or press 2 and I guarantee you'll never hear from me again. I think I heard more than a few people pushing 2, so we better end the show. For all the rest of you that hear the knock of opportunity, practice that script and hone your craft before the lizard people come to take it back. Be ready to rock and sock the robots before they learn to breed like rabbits and survey the ski bums to find their vested interests. From hallowed ground to happy places, wave to the past we left behind, but be sure to know your history so you know which parts bear repeating. Have a heart 
and remember where you came from while never being ashamed to come off script and tell the truth, even when you're joshing around. Rocky Mountain High.